Welcome to Get Miles Ahead. We are a profoundly sick society with access to everything we need to be healthy, fit, and thriving. So why aren't we? Here's some brutal honesty. If you don't do something different, the future will likely get worse, not better. You have to take this seriously. The reality is your future depends on what you choose to do today, period. Your past may have been whatever it was, but that doesn't determine as much as what you choose to do in this moment. That's what determines your future. So stop making excuses or putting your head in the sand, pretending there isn't an issue because the stats say there likely is an issue. In these episodes, we're going to explore topics shown to impact our overall well-being from the latest research and practices that can be easily implemented into our daily lives because we know that sustainable change needs to be simple, frequent, and consistent. This first season, we cover the foundations of well-being as we explore clarity, energy, focus, gratitude, and connection. So let's experiment. Let's flourish. Let's get miles ahead of where you are today. Hello and welcome. I'm Glenda Miles and welcome back to Get Miles Ahead podcast. In our last episode, Get Energized, we talked all about energy because let's face it, we can't move through life without energy. In today's episode, we're going to talk about focus as a foundational element to our overall health, especially our mental health. Here's some brutal honesty. Stop making excuses or putting your head in the sand, pretending there isn't an issue because the stats say there likely is. We are a profoundly sick society with access to everything we need to be healthy, fit, and thriving. So why aren't we? In these episodes, we explore topics shown to impact our overall well-being from Libby's research and practices that can be easily implemented into our daily lives because sustainable change needs to be simple, frequent, and consistent. Okay, so let's dive in. What is focus? Some might say focus is about clarity. See our episode, Get Clear, where we talk about clarity in terms of knowing self. But this episode is about why having focus, perhaps a vision for our life or being able to sustain our attention or that clarity for a period of time is so important. The world around us is constantly competing for our attention, and this causes our focus to shift from one thing to another, often relentlessly throughout the day, thus reducing our ability to concentrate over time as we're so easily distracted. Focus has been defined as the central point of one's attention, and attention is simply what an individual is observing. Attention doesn't exclude any other factors. It's just what we're seeing, what we're observing. While concentration starts to control the attention and thus it starts to exclude other factors around us and cultivates the skill of focus. So I often think of it like there's attention and then attention moves into concentration, which is about controlling that attention, which cultivates focus. And of course, when we start talking about attention, we often think of ADD, ADHD, which is characterized by difficulty controlling or directing attention to a stimulus and controlling behavior in general. The brains of people with ADD have been shown to have a series of anatomical differences in the nucleus 
and different parts of the brain, including the amygdala, the hippocampus, the prefrontal areas, and the thalamus. Brain plasticity is the basis of attention rehabilitation and other cognitive skills. The brain and its neural connections can be strengthened by challenging and working them. So by frequently training our brain and training these skills, the brain structures relate to attention become stronger. Brain plasticity or neuroplasticity is the ability for our brain to recover and to restructure itself, which we know now is possible. This is why meditation is an important practice for cultivating concentration and focus because we can begin to rewire the brain, restructure, and help to exercise the brain's ability to concentrate. So think about this for a moment. Name the things that get in the way of your focus. What are your distractions? Why? Understand if it's something in your external environment, an internal avoidance issue, or just maybe the result of poor planning. Is it disruptive? Rank how disruptive your distraction downfalls are and deal with one of them at a time. And how can you make those distractions less appealing and immediate? We live in a sensory overloaded society and many of us lose focus and attention because we are simply too overwhelmed by our environment and internal thoughts. There's just way too many distractions. And let me just say, everyone is struggling with focus. It isn't a problem of our children in schools. It is everyone. We are living in an attention economy, which means our attention is the very product that companies are selling. Did you know that a recent study showed that students have an attention span of about 62 seconds and for some even as low as 19 seconds, while an office worker, an adult, has about three minutes, three minute attention span. It's unbelievable when we think of this. People are programmed from a negativity bias to pay attention to more angry or threatening pieces of information than happy. So the algorithm of the things around us, the technology, is privileges anger, which further polarizes and goes against community. So what we're seeing is more and more people becoming enraged because that's actually what's engaging them. If we see happy things, we're more likely to just keep scrolling on by. Facebook recently conducted an internal investigation called Common Ground, and its aim was to uncover whether the company's algorithms really did promote controversy and misinformation to keep users engaged. And according to the report, the findings were very clear. Our algorithms exploit the human brain's attraction to divisiveness. Now, the internet, especially the rise of apps and platforms that prey on our focus, has supercharged this attention drain. And it's not due to a personal flaw or individual weakness. Most of these attention-grabbing methods are intentional. They're elaborately designed for the very purpose of keeping you distracted. That was a quote by Johan Hari from his book, Stolen Focus, which is an amazing book and highly recommended, and it will be included in the show notes. There are many, many factors that affect our focus. And of course, we blame technology, but technology is by far not the only thing that does so. It is, of course, one of them. 
but not just the time we spend on it, but all the distractions that encourage it throughout our day when we aren't on our phones or our apps. So some of the other factors that can affect our focus is a lack of sleep. So some of the factors that we talked about in the Get Energized are certainly parts of this conversation. So a lack of sleep, poor diet, nutrition, a lack of exercise, hormonal changes, especially for those of us with certain ages, women going through perimenopause or menopause, dehydration, stress, stress is a big one, nervous system dysregulation or activation of our fight or flight response is another factor that can seriously affect our focus. Environmental factors like too many sensory inputs, including the lighting around us, the noise, messiness, all of those constant notifications, even if they're not ours, hearing phones buzz are again causing distractions within our own system. Cultivating focus is going to become a radical act, a radical act of self-care and community care. The core items we discussed in Get Energized are also key for focus, eat, move, sleep. Another aspect of this is really important, which is a newer area, which we'll be talking about in great detail, nutritional psychiatry. Nutritional psychiatry has been in the realm of some wonderful psychiatrists, especially in the U.S., like Drew Ramsey, like Chris Palmer in his book, Brain Energy, as well as many others. We'll be going through it in much more detail. But one of the things that we know is that the foods that we eat really affect our brain and can actually be contributing to much of the mental health issues that we see. In fact, Chris Palmer talks about mental health being actually about metabolic health. And the more metabolically we get healthy, the less we'll see, at least in some of the mental health challenges. So reducing sugar, reducing processed foods, reducing anything that causes sensitivity within our own system, which is, of course, individual. This affects how our brain operates. Eating whole foods will give us more energy, but also give us more focus. Brain fog is where you really can't think clearly. You basically are in a state of brain fog until you have your next sugary carb fix. But what happens if we live in this roller coaster, right, of energy crashes, energy spikes? And so we have these periodic bouts of brain fog throughout the day as we go up and down in terms of our glucose, managing our glucose. So it's really important to reduce sugar, sugar in particular, but also processed foods and also all of those things that might cause some sensitivity within us. The third one is getting a good night's sleep as we are sleep deprived, which is a ton of complex issues associated with it, including more anxiety, frustration. We're more likely to have our sympathetic nervous system engaged. So we're activated in that fight or flight. We really need to get to bed earlier, sleep better, reducing the lights before bed. So getting off our computers and tablets and whatnot before bed, at least 30 to 60 minutes, period. It's science. It's been well documented. The more you expose yourself to blue light, the more stimulated your brain is before bed. Our smartphone alterations, of course, One of the movements now is to ban the current business model, which sells your attention to the highest bidder, where we are the product. 
And so how do we become the consumer again and ensure that the model, the business model shifts and the treatment of us shifts as well? And meditation as a tool to build this concentration and focus. Meditation teacher Michael Taft calls it cerebral congestion. When your mind is so full, it can no longer focus, absorb information, or be creative. Studies show that many important mental processes require downtime during the day, replenishing willpower, attention, and motivation, encouraging productivity and creativity, and even forming stable memories. One research review even suggests that downtime helps us retain our moral and ethical compass and helps us to continue to form our sense of self. So important, mental rest, having not only sleep, but really all of these forms of rest during the day that allow our brain to settle and allow us to engage in activities that feel different for us, that allow some of that congestion to go away, to subside. There is a constant river of thoughts happening from the moment we wake up until we fall asleep later that night. And for much of our day, it is as if we are standing in the river of thoughts. And we need to learn to stand on the edge of the riverbank where we're aware of the river, watching it float by. When we begin to do concentration meditation, we often will use a primary object to focus our attention. And that can be pretty much anything. It can be a sound. It can be a candle. It can be our breath. And it is really about cultivating the practice of concentrating, noticing when our mind wanders, and recovering and bringing it back. So the idea is, of course, not to have 100% concentration, which is near impossible, but instead about cultivating the practice of noticing when we wander and bringing it back. Recovery is an essential part of the practice of cultivating our attention and focus. This trains the mind. So my practice, my offer for you for the next two weeks is to consider this, to consider all of the distractions around you at any given time. And how can you reduce the distractions? Remembering that the issue is often not necessarily the distraction itself, which is but a moment often, but is in fact this little tidbit that it can take you up to 23 minutes to regain focus after a distraction. And with the constant stream of distractions, you may have a hard time finding 23 minutes of distraction-free time any given day. So if we can start to remove some of the distractions, we can start to cultivate more focus in our day-to-day lives. I highly encourage, as others do, to schedule focus time in your day, in your calendar, and removing the distractions during that period of time. Two tools that are really helpful in doing this. One is a Chrome extension called Forest, where you can grow a tree and it will remove other apps and other websites from either you accessing them or notifications coming up. 
And another one that I've been testing more recently is the Freedom app. It's a small fee. I think it's about 2 or $3 a month. And again, you can put in all of the websites and it really forces you to reduce distractions, but also focus your attention, which is great for those periods of time when you're doing deep work. More on that in an upcoming episode. Both are designed to reduce distractions and just be helpful in that way. Well, that's the episode on Get Focused. Thanks for listening to Get Miles Ahead. Check out the show notes. There's a lot of additional research links, resources, meditations, books that I mentioned, as well as a few others that are fabulous if you want to dive a little deeper into this conversation. Our next episode, which is a bonus episode, all about fasting and intermittent fasting on February 20th. Please help us out and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast spot. Visit us at milesaheadwellness.com. That's miles with a Y. Until next time, let's get miles ahead and let your best self lead the way. Mm -hmm.